Hi, I'm Jo Rochelle, and this is Girl Wonder, a thoughtful and relaxing podcast that analyzes comics on Webtoon. If you want to dive deep into theories and relive some of the biggest moments in your favorite Webtoons, then you're absolutely in the right place. Sit back, relax, and we'll get started. Today on the podcast, we are discussing episodes 163, 164, 165, and 166 of Let's Play by Mongrel Marie. I am super excited because we finally get the reveal of who is Dion in Sam's World of War Quest game. We are talking about the different ships that you can ship Sam with. We are talking about Charles and whether he's going to take that job from Ellesmere. But before we do any of that, I want to encourage you to support the creator of this series, Mongrel Marie, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash mongrelmarie. There, as one of Mongi's patrons, you get exclusive access, discussion threads, drawings, trivia. There's just so much there, so make sure you check it out. The link is in the description box of this podcast episode. And if you find yourself enjoying the podcast and you want to become a patron, you can do that at patreon.com slash girl wonder. You'll actually be hearing the voice of one of my patrons from France, Blondine, in this podcast episode. We are so excited to talk to you about Let's Play. And this episode has been up for a while on Patreon. They get early access to podcast episodes. So if you like early access, you can join my Patreon and the link is in the description box. All right, our top cities that have listened to this podcast the most in the last seven days are Lithonia, Sandown, Cliffside Park, Costa Mesa, Sutton, Bakersfield, and Sedgwick. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. All right, let's get into it. Let's play episode 163. We start off in the coffee shop, The Daily Grind, and since it's a really quiet day, Dee decides to teach Dallas how to brew coffee. And I'm curious for those of you listening, are you a coffee person? Do you enjoy coffee? I know I'm not. I will never be a coffee person. I've reached that point in my life now where I know that that's just not me. You know, I don't like the taste of it. I never have. I don't even like coffee-flavored candy. I used to work at this gelato shop in New York City, and I would serve gelato to people, and we had an espresso flavor. Guess what? I didn't like it. So what about you? Do you enjoy coffee at all? My husband, Josh, used to like it, and I bet he still enjoys the bitter taste, but he doesn't drink it anymore. He's just not he doesn't drink any coffee at all. But I'm curious about people out there. Are most of you coffee people? I feel like most of the people I know in life enjoy coffee and they use it a lot. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm a writer and a lot of writers use caffeine to keep themselves awake at work. So that might be a thing. But guess what? Dallas is like me. He does not enjoy the taste of coffee. He does not like it at all. He's actually really stubborn about it and sure that he doesn't like coffee. There's this really funny part in the episode where Dallas asks, what if the customer is extremely lactose intolerant? And you know he's talking about himself, right? And Dee says, then you get the milk of the nut udders. <laughs> that made me laugh. I do love nut milks. I like almond milk. I like soy milk, which isn't really a nut milk, but I like soy milk. I like oat milk. And that's it. I've seen the other types. No more for me. I'll do those three, but I'm not really willing to try any others. I think I'm a picky eater. 
I think I'm very particular when it comes to what I drink and what I eat. I'm learning that about myself today on the podcast. Dee asks Dallas to try some of the coffee that she made. And when she was making it, she showed him everything, all of the steps, how to make the coffee. They had a little bit of banter, a little bit of back and forth, but now is the time for him to try the coffee. And he is super skeptical, but then he tries it and he's like, this dirty bean water is the nectar of the gods. And right underneath that dialogue, we see new obsession acquired. So Dallas even wants to learn more about creating foam art, and he just seems like he's engaged and cares about this work at the coffee shop, which is a great surprise. I feel like this job is so good for Dallas. It's good for his well-being, and it's good for his growth as a character. Jazz7127 commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, seeing Dallas interested in something new and completely different from just gaming is so wholesome to see. He's making progress and it's all thanks to our amazing barista D. Also, the power of coffee is unstoppable. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't know. (laughs) I'm sure it is though. I believe you guys. I'll stick to my chai tea latte order at Starbucks. Chai tea latte with soy milk. Because when they do it with almond milk, I don't like it as much. I'm like, this tastes like water. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Parkour Gardevoir commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Given what we saw of Dallas's personal passion with creative construction projects like cosplay, him wanting to learn the foam art made me smile. It made me smile too. I agree with that comment. It's nice to see Dallas thriving a little bit. I don't know. Is the word thrive too soon for this moment? Is Dallas thriving? I feel like he's doing well though. I'm proud of him. He is so much less grating and irritating in this phase of the story. I love to see it. Switching gears a bit, we get a flashback to when Marshall and his sister Eva were talking about their father, James. Eva wanted the two of them to make amends, but Marshall said, I can't believe you seem to have forgotten our mother fled to Japan with our baby sister just to get away from him. And also in that previous episode, Eva's dad made a shh motion at Eva. Like he put his finger to his lip and said, shh, like there was some kind of secret that Marshall's not supposed to know about. And Eva looked away and she looked guilty. And we definitely speculated about what that could mean on this podcast. So now we've reached the present timeline and we are at Lawson Legal. It's pretty fun and not lost on me that Lawson also has to do with the law. It's a legal firm. (laughs) It is a law firm and Lawson is their name. I feel like Mongi did that on purpose. So now Eva is briefing her father on Marshall's health. He wants to know everything about how Marshall is doing, how is his health, and James also asks if she spoke to Marshall about what he asked her to, which is a big mystery. I am very curious about this. Eva looks more guilty, like the guiltiest we've ever seen her look in this comic. And she says to her father, no, I didn't. There was never a good time to bring it up. And her dad says, for once in your life, could you do what I ask of you? This has all been such a waste of time. 
he is so harsh toward Eva. I mean, we've known it for a while. Look at that flashback slash dream sequence in episode 130. And you'll see how terrible of a father he is to both of his children that we know of. I don't know how he is to that sister who fled to Japan, but he probably isn't great. We'll talk about her more later. Wonderlocked17 commented on this episode and said, My heart breaks for Eva. Manipulative people are very difficult to get away from, especially parents. You can see that they are being abusive, but you can't get away from them because no matter how awful they are, they still are your parent. You can see she hurts from that cycle of you are worthless to see how I care for you. I hope their family can move on soon and end the abuse. I thought that was a really well thought out comment especially the part where it says there's a range from you are worthless to see how I care for you. And Eva's dad uses both of those tactics in this scene. I've said it before and I'll say it again. He is not winning father of the year. He is not winning that award. (laughs) That is not for him. He threatens to handle this himself. We still don't know what this is, but whatever she's supposed to get from Marshall or tell Marshall or ask Marshall He's like, I'll just do it myself. But Eva begs him for another chance. She begs him not to handle this himself. She says, please, dad, I've done a lot of work for this and I've called in a lot of favors. Dad says they're running out of time, but he does give Eva another chance. Just now as I'm sitting here, a part of me feels like if I were to reread all of Let's Play, all of these 100 plus episodes, There might be more clues that we could sift through to figure out what this mystery is and whether it's that deep of a mystery because I know Mangi is so great at foreshadowing and I don't always catch everything. So if you guys know what this is that they're talking about, because now they're running out of time, she's called in favor, she's put in a lot of work for this. My brain is like, was there mention of Benji slash Marshall coming to work at Lawson Legal? Is that something she's working on right now? I'm not sure because it's possible, but maybe it's just a pure mystery and we don't know, but maybe there are clues along the way that could hint at what this is. So if you know, reach out to me and let me know too. We get a glimpse at the father's computer. We see James's computer and there it is, photos of Marshall. Whenever we saw a photographer from afar taking a picture of Marshall, this is what it was. I get it now. His dad is very similar to another father we know. So James asks about Eva's sister. We get a name. Her name is Sarah. And Eva says when she last talked to her mom, her mom told her that Sarah is the top student in her grade. And her dad says, good. I'm glad to hear at least one of my children take after me. Why are you asking your daughter to do all this work? She's running out of time. And you can't even be gracious. You can't even be thankful. He's never like, good work, Eva. It's always like, no, let me dig at her. I do see the manipulation that that commenter was talking about. I guess it works for him to compare his children. It gets him what he wants. It makes Eva more of a pliable pawn in his hand. But also to give Eva some credit, she does have a mind of her own. And I could see her going against her father at some point in this comic. But goodness, sir. You saying that you're glad to hear one of your children take after you because she has good grades? You are not an easy man 
to get along with, are you? Up in the air, 1395 commented and said, Say what you will about Sam's dad. At the very least, he cares for her. This guy is like, you're a disappointment. Why do I even bother? That comment summed it up perfectly. <laughs> so accurate. And Crumpuff21 commented on this episode and said, Samuel and James kind of mirror each other. They both monitor their children and they both seem to want to control their children's lives, among other things, I'm sure. But their motivations are so different. Samuel loves his daughter and wants her safe above everything else. Ben's dad seems to only want Ben back to fulfill a role and follow in his father's footsteps like his sister. Both are toxic in their own way, but Samuel is definitely the preferred one in terms of helicopter parents. That's a great point. Samuel loves his daughter deeply, and we will see a scene where we understand exactly why he is that kind of helicopter parent, taking pictures of his daughter as well and keeping track of her movements. While Marshall's dad is cold and calculating, at least so far in the comic, he's been cold and calculating and not really someone we trust. Speaking of Samuel, Sam's dad, when we come back from this short musical interlude, we are talking about him talking to his wife about his overprotectiveness with his daughter. And man, does Samantha rip him a new one? <laughs> we'll be right back. In episode 164 of Let's Play, it is time for Sam's dad, Samuel, to explain himself to his wife, Samantha. So if you recall, the last time we saw Samuel, he was charging at Charles, ready to attack him, ready to pummel him into the ground. And then Sam's mom, Samantha, just took control of the situation and she used her charm and had these sparkles that she could physically grab and puncture him with. So she handled that. I remember her standing on his back in her high heels. She definitely put him in his place. So now that they're talking, she says, the last time you acted like this, it was at Samara's eighth grade dance. And Samuel's response made me laugh so hard. <laughs> he said that was because the boy who asked her to dance had just sneezed into his hand. <laughs> just seeing that made me think again, what if Samara, our Sam, the main character of this comic, lived in a world where COVID existed, where she was living through this pandemic? I remember asking Mongi about that in one of our first interviews with her on the podcast. So if you scroll back, you will find an interview with the creator of this comic. And we talk about the pandemic because it was on our minds very heavily at the time. And to be honest, it's still on my mind. A lot of the time, you know, that hasn't changed in the last two years. But when I was talking to Mongi about it, she said that, you know, Sam would have a hard time making it through it and she would have to be like in a bubble, a protective bubble where she does not interact with the world. Like instead of a mask, it's like her whole body is protected by a transparent bubble and that would be how she lives, like a hamster in a bubble. <laughs> and knowing that, I think Samuel, her dad, would be content he would put her in a bubble now. Even though the world of Let's Play doesn't have COVID, it doesn't have a pandemic, Samuel would be like, there's a bubble I can put my daughter in and no one will be able to touch her? Great. <laughs> Sign me up. 
In this episode, Samuel finally admits that he had their daughter under surveillance and Samantha's response, she was very upset. But then she says, again, sir, you've done this before. (laughs) You have had people go around and watch your daughter and look at pictures of her when you're not around. That's so weird, man. I love you, Samuel, but that's so weird. (laughs) He mentions how Sam has had Charles stay over more than once. And Samantha's like, that is none of our business, though. It literally is none of our business. She says, I don't see our daughter as a weakling like you do. Man, did she call him out. She says when she looks back on all of her daughter's medical struggles, she sees strength. And I love that point of view. Sam is strong because of what she went through, not weaker because of it. So Samantha fully tells her husband Samuel off. And she brings up a lot of great points, like they need Samara to be able to stand on her own two feet, especially when they're gone someday. And Samuel can't be her constant shadow if they want her to be independent. Samantha finally says, I won't let anyone dim Samara's light, not even you. So I used to wonder what kind of mother is she? You know, what kind of mom is Sam's mom? Because we didn't know a lot about her until fairly recently in the last few months here. And I'm seeing that she's an incredible mom who is also protective of her child, but in a healthier way. (laughs) Like she's seen toxic behavior from her husband, even though his intentions aren't toxic, he means well, but she's ready and willing to call him out. I really admire that about her. That's a great mom right there. Dan D. Lion 94 commented on this episode and said, Welcome to Mrs. Young's TED Talk on how to be a badass mama bear and putting simps in their place. (laughs) That's funny. Samuel listens to his wife and he ends up turning off the surveillance software that he had running on his grown daughter, his adult daughter that he was watching. And it's so funny that it's called PPPPP which stands for Peachy Pumpkin Poo Protection Protocol, which made me laugh. I love that detail. And so in his last moments of protest, he asks his wife, what if he breaks her heart? And by he, he means Charles. And Samantha says, then we'll be there to pick up the pieces and support her, which I thought was so sweet and once again, very healthy. El Muthem commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, what if he breaks her heart? Boy, I think Sam would be the one to break him. (laughs) That is a possibility. There are quite a few people in the comments section who are like, no, it's Charles you need to worry about. He might get his heart broken. Sam seems okay. I think it's both of them, you guys. That's my two cents. I think that both Sam and Charles could get their hearts broken. The way things are going It's a possibility for both of them, not just one of them. So the two parents hug each other and Samuel even cries, but you know, he's an emotional man. I feel like he cries on most days and that's good. You know, let it out, let it out. Don't hold it in. Don't keep it bottled up. You got to express yourself and he knows how to express himself. Meanwhile, Sam goes to check in on Charles because after that altercation, I would check on Charles too. Like he almost died twice. (laughs) He knew it. He came this close to death. He felt that. So she checks in on him and he says, seeing your mother 
impale your father with her metaphorical charm triggered my fear of needles. I'm still laughing at the charm being a physical thing that could impale somebody. That's so great. And he asks, that's not something you're capable of doing, right? Here's the thing. Even if Sam could do that, she would never do that to Charles knowing he's afraid of needles. She would not stab him with something pointy. That's never going to happen. Shoot, if they get married someday and they like own a car together, I don't even think she's going to toss him the car keys. Too pointy. If they go to Comic-Con, she will not be buying him any enamel pins because he can't do that. Too pointy. That's a needle. She's got his back. If they are going to live a life together, I do not think Sam will ever approach Charles with anything sharp ever. She makes it really clear that that skill is unique to her mom. So Sam in a vulnerable moment, asks if Charles will accompany her home from work. Will he drive her home like he does from time to time? And Charles isn't sure that's a good idea, given everything that happened with her father that day. And you can tell that Sam's pretty bummed, like she's pretty sad about that information. So after some prodding from Charles to share what's on her mind, she finally says, Even though it might violate their agreement to say it, she's going to miss him this weekend. And I went, aw, when I read that. It's like, aw, that's so sweet. And then she tries to run out of there. You know, once you say something that vulnerable, I get it. I do the same thing. I run out of the room. I'm gone. (laughs) Saying that she'll miss him this weekend is a big step. So I get why she wanted to leave. Charles does get to say thanks to her, though, before she goes. He says, thanks for standing up to her father. And, you know, she would do it again. Sam has grown a lot in this comic. And once she's gone out of the room, we get something very interesting. Charles returns to his laptop. He has an email from an Eric at Ellesmere.com. And Eric is asking if Charles has given more thought to the position of vice president to operations. And Charles types out, After careful consideration, I have decided, dot, 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 and then the episode ends. No! (laughs) Charles, I wanted to know your decision. This is a huge deal. If you have forgotten, back in episode 126, Charles was with Sam at a restaurant, the one where she got a drink, an alcoholic drink got a little too drunk at, and he was talking to her about their relationship, about the boundaries, about the transactional nature of the relationship they were about to embark on. And during that conversation, he got a call from Ellesmere. And when he told her about it, he said, it's a call from our client Ellesmere. I'm sorry, Samara, but I need to take this call. It's midnight in London, so this is probably important. This was the call where they offered him the position, and Charles has been thinking about it ever since. So if Charles accepts the position, he will be going to London. He will be far away from our Sam. If we were to call what they have now a relationship, then going to London would make it a long-distance relationship, and we know those are difficult. I had to ask my patrons, what do you think of this moment? What do you think Charles will decide? Because it said, after careful consideration, I have decided dot, 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 and we are left on a huge cliffhanger. Here is a response from my patron, Blondine, who is in France. My guess, maybe it's a 50-50 one, but I tend to think he's going to refuse the offer. 
it's obvious Charles is killed at his job, so not the first offer he received and not the last one. Maybe Elsmere is good and even maybe great or the best, I don't know. We don't really know in this situation, but it's something I guess he's not used to, but already happened and will happen again. And at this time of the story, it seems that the odds tends to... Charles being dragged in uh, some kind of uh, random uh, possibility. It's like he's on a boat, on a river, and let him float in the boat towards Sam, because he's already tried to be a good manager and acted like one. And she did surprise him by just getting this challenge done and uh, really easily. So to me, he wants, even if it's unconscious at this time, to maybe see what happens next and if it's going somewhere. So he lost the job offer and then what? Maybe he's gonna stick around and get his professional life getting better in Sam's company. My guess, he's gonna stick around, see what he can do, professionally speaking, for Sam, for the team. I'm quite convinced that he has decided to refuse the offer even though it wasn't a very easy answer. I agree with Blondine that it feels like it's a 50-50 situation, and I do lean towards him refusing the offer when I look at how Charles is doing right now. He's been supported by Sam. He's having a great physical relationship with Sam. She just stood up to her father for him. Why would he go to London now? But there's also a small part of me that wonders if something bad happens, if Sam and Charles have a fight, or if something from his past comes back to haunt him, then he might want to go to London. So it could go either way. I'm really not sure. I want to see his response to that email. Jordan Hudson commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, I think maybe he should have a long and honest conversation with Sam before accepting or declining. They are both clearly feeling something more than what they initially agreed on. A relationship doesn't necessarily wait for you to figure out that it is in fact a relationship, and in order to have a healthy one, that requires communication before making a big decision. She should be given the opportunity to come with him or at least be honest with themselves about how they feel. I agree that at this point, they are doing more than what they agreed to do in episode 126. I'll tell you that. Because in 126, he's like, you will service my needs and I will service yours. But you guys are going way beyond that. Way beyond that. This is relationship territory. So I agree with the comment from Jordan Hudson on that. When we come back, we are talking about World of Warquest. And we are talking about a special gift that Sam receives within the game. We'll be right back. episode 165 of Let's Play, Sam is playing her World of Warquest game with her friends, and it made me wonder, what games do you guys play? I don't play a ton of video games. On my Nintendo Switch, I play Mario Kart with Josh, and they added some new tracks recently, and I'm just terrible at them. Really just awful. Like, I'm coming in 11th place. 
most of the time. But in the tracks that I know, sometimes I get up to fourth place or third. And Josh is like that too. Like he'll get first quite a bit. And then he'll be like last place <laughs> in Mario Kart. And then we also play a game called Gungeon together, which I fully enjoy. I love playing Gungeon. That was like a $15 game that we've played over 700 times. It tells you how many times you've played. We've gotten really good at it. We can get through like six levels because when you die in that game, you can come back maybe once, but like you have to do the whole run. You don't get to save anything. You have to do it all over again and again. And I think we've done it over 700 times in the last four years. We love that game. Gungeon on Nintendo Switch. It's kind of amazing. Those are the two games I play where like I can hook it up to the TV and watch them. Josh also has bunches of games he plays like Apex. I know he plays that and Elfin something <laughs> that came out recently. I know he talks about it a, a bit and I don't remember the name of it. It has Elf in it. I can tell you that much. And then one other thing that I play and I play this by myself is Neopets. Neopets has got me again. I played it as a kid. I think I was like in fifth or sixth grade and all of my friends were doing it. We all played Neopets together. Somehow I got roped back in there and I, I play it like every day for like 20 minutes a day. So that's me. I feed my pets on Neopets. I have a shop. <laughs> I sometimes get rare items because they're daily things you can do and that'll be fun. And you get like millions of Neo points. And I just love getting Neo points and I put them in my bank account and I'm trying to get to 7.5 million Neo points right now. And I think I'm getting really close to 7 million. I'm at like 6,900,000. So that's me. Those are the games I play. What games do you play? I'm genuinely curious. Do you play Neopets, anybody? Is anyone out there still playing Neopets in this, our year 2022? Anybody? Let me know. Anyway, Sam is waiting for Dion or Dion, however you like to pronounce his name. She's waiting for him and he is late. So if you don't remember who Dion is, some episodes that highly featured him are 137 and 146. That's where you'll see scenes of him having quality time talking to Sam and talking about his Shakespearean mod and just bonding together as two characters in this game. So before Dion shows up, the player that comes up to our group first is Kyle. He's a dude they know and play with who has a pregnant wife and his little character and avatar was so cute, looked like a little raccoon, <laughs> a little expressive, cute, happy raccoon. <laughs> and it cracked me up. I also laughed when Angela said to Kyle, well, she asked him, your wife's pregnant again? And, she, and he's like, yeah. And she's like, Jesus, stay off of her. <laughs> That is so funny. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in this comic. <laughs> that got me. Sam is still waiting for Dion, and he finally shows up with a present for her. Dion says, I wanted to give you a token of my thanks. You've been really kind to me here and helped me become a better player. It meant a lot to me, so thank you. And so Sam opens the gift. And when I first read this for the first time, I was dying to see what this gift was. And she says out loud, it's a dragon egg trading card for World of Warquest. It will hatch into a legendary dragon pet and mount. That's so cool. 
I want to see Sam's character in the game, Ariadne, on a dragon. That would be amazing. Even to just walk around with a dragon as a pet. So cool. Apparently, this is a very, very rare and exclusive gift, and Sam and her friends are just in shock. Sky56 commented on this episode and said, Sam deserves that egg. She's been nothing but kind to literally everyone. I can't wait to see what the dragon looks like. I feel the same way. Of course, Sam has trouble accepting such a grand and beautiful gift, especially one that sells for thousands of dollars online, so she tries to not accept it. But her friends encourage her to take the egg, and Dion's like, your name is Sam? Because they're like, Sam, take the egg. And the minute he says, your name is Sam, I'm like, oop, okay, so this is someone for sure who knows Samara. Back in previous podcast episodes, when we were debating and wondering who Dion was, a lot of us wondered, maybe he's just a character we've never met before in this comic. He could be a new character, a new player. But nope. Now that he asked, your name is Sam? Okay, we know he knows her. In fact, all of the crew introduced themselves by name, like Abe, Vicky, Angela, right? And Dion starts trembling. He knows all of Sam's friends. So it's getting closer and closer to that reveal. Sutik commented on this episode and said, Dion be like, oh shit, I know these people. (laughs) So we've suspected that this is Marshall and we've wondered if this is Charles and we've wondered if this is a new character. We even wondered, surprise twist, it might be Eva, Marshall's sister somehow. We have gone down every rabbit hole in previous podcast episodes, right? And finally, after Abe tells Sam that she would be the first on this server to unlock the egg, Sam accepts the gift. And her name lights up in the sky like we're in the Hunger Games. And you know when a character died in the Hunger Games? <laughs> it would be like a big, loud announcement, scaring the crap out of anybody. Poor Katniss is trying to sleep in the tree. <laughs> and she's like woken up to find out that all her friends are dead. That is what I am getting from this. It's giving Hunger Games, except a positive version, like, yay, you found the egg, instead of, yay, more people are dead. (laughs) I really thought this was a cute episode of Let's Play. Ashley Reads Books SX commented and said, I feel like I'm the only Sam Marshall shipper left on this app, but this episode gives me a little hope. Maybe. (laughs) Don't you worry, Ashley Reads Books. You have more than hope. I don't think that ship has sunk. I really think it's a ship that we are available to hop to at any time. Literally at any point in this comic, I will hop to the ship that I find the most fun at the time. I am not loyal, and I know that about myself. (laughs) Ultimately, I want Sam to be happy, but if another ship looks fun, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to eat the food on the ship. I'm going to enjoy the drinks on the ship. I'm going to dip my toes into the pool. I'm going to see a concert or two. I'm going to gamble. I'm going to do all the things on the cruise ship. I love how I've made Sam and Marshall's ship a cruise ship in my mind now. That egg, it changed things for me a little bit. Right now, I would say that I am in a lounge chair on the deck of the Charles and Sam ship, right? And I'm watching the Marshall ship, noticing how it has not sunk and looking at it like, hmm, might be fun over there. That's me. (laughs) 
Let me know where you are with these ships because it's funny how what you think one is dead, but it's not. It's still very much alive and well. When we come back from this short musical interlude, Dion's identity is revealed. We'll be right back. Last but not least, in episode 166 of Let's Play, we continue with the game of World of War Quest. So Dion fits in with the group very well. And the raid went very well. In this episode, we get a series of clues leading up to the big reveal in the mystery of who is Dion in real life. So the first clue that we get is when Dion says that he didn't want to speak in the voice chat because they'd recognize his voice, right? There's no way, if this is someone who knows Sam and her friends personally, there's no way they could talk in the voice chat because people would know who that was. So everyone loves Dion for giving Sam that egg. And then we get another clue where he says that he's had it for a while as part of a promo. So, hmm, who do we know in the world of Let's Play who might get promotional materials. I bet an influencer who plays games for a living would get promos. Like that dragon egg was so rare and he got it for free? Interesting. So then there's a moment where Dion looks at Sam slash Ariadne and thinks, I still can't believe it's her. And he is blushing. Yes, we have a blush, people. I see it. There is a blush here, which means there are feelings stirring. Even if it's a character in a game blushing, I still see it. This still counts. Kyle, little raccoon boy. I bet this isn't even a raccoon. I don't know my animals very well, but he looks like a raccoon to me, so that's what I'm calling him. But Kyle shares how he feels about Sam, and he says that she always wants to be sure people are having fun, especially in games. And Dion says, yeah, I can tell, especially with how she made Ruminate. And that's where I assume all sound dropped out. The table went deadly quiet, and everyone looked at him like, did you just say Ruminate? They know Sam, but they're wondering, how do you know Sam? How do you know about her game ruminate? What is going on? <laughs> Kyle is ready with his dagger in his hand, ready to cut somebody up if they're here to hurt Sam <laughs> in this game. Kyle is a real one. I support him. I like him. But yeah, Dion said ruminate. So everyone's suspicious now. Abe pretty much realizes in an instant who Dion must be. He straight up calls Dion martial law. So now we know. It's Marshall. It was always pointing to Marshall. I had to ask my patrons, what was your reaction to this reveal? Here is Blondine. My reaction was like, oh my god, what just happened? <laughs> so it's like when you start to be on your two foot, you're a toddler, and people say, hey, now you're gonna just learn how to swim, and then take you, and suddenly splash you're in the swimming pool and well see what happens that was my reaction i was so like oh my god marshall now is in the crew no it's him apparently 
Sam is the only one who isn't in the loop. So we can see Marshall is really driven, like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And we can almost feel like his thoughts are running wild. <laughs> that makes me laugh. That makes me really laugh. But I was also uh, quite embarrassed for him. Like, life has decided it was time for him now to either lie or <laughs> tell the truth and just acknowledge, yes, that was me. What can I do now? I feel embarrassed. Well, I was both laughing and being uh, embarrassed for him. But I guess it's for the best, so that was quite a nice moment. I relate to that, uh, like when you're real with cross with uh, a game online and suddenly you feel like, oh my god, I do not have any escape anymore. So I'm gonna have to face the truth on every side of my life. What can I do? I'm gonna be honest with me, with everybody. That's quite interesting. It's growing up. It is a part of growing up, and I like what Blondine said about showing every part of your life, because a lot of us compartmentalize. We have these separate parts of our lives, and we don't let them touch, and we don't let them cross, and that's what's happening with Marshall now, is that <laughs> he didn't mean for this to happen, but his gaming self, his I'm having fun in a game and I'm going to be a Shakespeare character persona is meeting up with people he knows for real. And that's always going to be awkward, but interesting. I know that I don't want to really play Neopets with anybody that I know. I just want to do it for me. And I have one friend on there and that's okay with me. And that's a friend who bought some doctor's bags from my shop. And I was happy that she bought them and she just kept buying them. And so then I friended her. And then we never talk. And that's good enough for me. <laughs> We've never acknowledged each other ever again after the friend request was accepted. It was like, okay, and that's it. <laughs> that's how I play games. I think Marshall's a little more friendly than I am. He is a sociable fellow. So now we know this is Marshall. And Sam wants to show her thanks to Dion. So she takes him to this beautiful place within the game. And I have to say, as they marvel about the beauty of this place and all the things you can do in the game, I wrote in my notes, these two are so nerdy together. It's pretty adorable. So yeah, their ship is still kind of a viable option. I'm just saying, you know? I'm just saying, I will go with the flow. Where the water takes me, I will go. I am enjoying the story so much. But do I look at that ship from time to time out of the corner of my eye? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Spectre underscore Saren commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, we all knew it was Marshall. I'm like, no, you didn't. Some of y'all said it was a twist, <laughs> that it was going to be Eva. So I was expecting a twist. <laughs> Not all of us knew it was Marshall, but anyway, Spectre Saren commented and said, We all knew it was Marshall, but I'm surprised by how hard he's blushing. So far, he's only shown friendly interest in her. Maybe connecting her online persona with her in-real-life one made him realize she's 100% a genuine person. Plus, she's helped him inside and outside the game. Right, like Blondine was saying, a lot can happen when your online self is also confronted with your outside in the real world self. And maybe Marshall seeing Sam and knowing 
how she is on the outside and on the inside made him blush. You know, he's starting to feel feelings he's never felt for her before, possibly. Harley Xiaoyu commented on this episode and said, also with Marshall saying in a past episode that it would be nice to be with someone who shared his interests. Yes, when he was having that post-breakup conversation with Monica, Marshall and Monica realized that they didn't have a lot of common interests. And that makes it clear that Sam and Marshall have a lot in common, especially when it comes to gaming. It's so prevalent in this episode. But that was a great reveal. It's nice to see who Dion is and nice to see that he fits into Sam's crew. Like he gets along with Sam's friends. Marshall really does on a genuine level. Even when they didn't know who he was, they had fun playing with him. That's pretty cool. And that's it. That is our breakdown and analysis of episodes 163 through 166 of Let's Play by Mongrel Marie. Don't forget that there is early access to podcast episodes on Patreon at patreon.com slash girlwonder. All right, let's wrap this up. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Wonder. We currently have no sponsors, so here's a shout out to a random listener instead. This week's shout out goes to Thweni Rama on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. New episodes of Girl Wonder are typically uploaded on Saturdays. I am Joe Rochelle, and we'll talk again next week. Bye.